Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. A circle. Simple. Round. Refined. A shape that was spoken into existence with the universe. And a shape that holds powerful meaning. We see this shape all over creation. The sun, stars, our earth, and we find it in some of our most precious possessions. It's a beautiful symbol of wholeness and completeness, a symbol of infinite motion. It's a shape that represents love and commitment, and a symbol of unity. Unity, an idea of connectedness even when separated. To be a group of people moving in the same direction with the same heartbeat. It's an idea that we, as a family of churches, are better together than we are by ourselves. We were never meant to be alone. And we believe in being a community of action. That our love for one another will drive us beyond the four walls into our communities to share the transformative presence of God with our neighbors. It's a love that brings families back together. That's the community we strive to be, bringing heaven to earth. Amazing things happen when a group of people commit to one cause, when they rally around the same mission. Something happens. You have a movement, a God-given mission and vision for our future. God has given all of us a unique part to play in accomplishing what He has set before us. And we are most impactful when we stay true to who God has called us to be. Because the kingdom of God doesn't need any more replication of other ministries. And it doesn't need any more imitation. What it needs is innovation that comes through obedience. For we experience no greater freedom than when we are walking in step with Christ and going where He has called us to go. But we know that our God is for us. And we know that greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. So here we stand with a lamp on our feet and a light on our path, coming alive to our calling. For we are Grace Capital Church, and this is our awakening. This is our awakening for sure. I want to let you know that God is doing something new. That His Spirit is stirring something fresh. And today we get to unleash what it is that he's wanting to do. And I truly believe that today is a day that we're going to look back in time and say, do you remember that day? Do you remember that day when all of a sudden God did something inside of me? That God did something in our church? I love that intro video because not only does it talk about who we are, which is, by the way, the most important thing of who we are is we're followers of Jesus Christ. That we need to be empowered by His Spirit to live the life that He has called us to live. But it's not for ourselves. It is also for people who are yet to come. People who need Jesus, who need His freedom, who need His comfort, who need His salvation. And we are not coming just to receive, but we're coming to all 
coming on the same page to be activated to the very thing that God wants us to do. By the way, every single one of us in this room are ministers. Every single one of us are not members of a church. We're owners of a movement of what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Each one of us have a part to play. Each one of us are called. Each one of us are saying yes to Jesus. Today we are starting a seven-week journey, a new series called Awakening. Coming alive to our calling. I truly believe that this is a, a moment in time in the history of our church that is not only going to be felt for the history of this church, but it's going to be felt in the ripples that are going to take place in every single one of our locations that are going to ripple off into our communities that are going to bring an immense harvest, harvest of people, a harvest of souls. But it's going to start with us. We can't be dispensers of hope if we have not experienced that hope ourselves. We can't give life to anybody unless we've experienced the life of Jesus ourselves. Today, we are going to start our series talking about God's presence. We can't start anywhere unless we start with God's presence because it's his presence that changes everything. If you've come to Jesus which I would assume that many of you have, but maybe there are some here today that says, you know, I'm checking out Jesus and I haven't fully committed my life to him and that's okay, I'm so glad you're here. Because today I want you to experience his presence. You see, his presence changes everything. It does, it's not enough just to believe in your head, it's also okay to feel in your being who he is. He created us to feel. He created us to experience him. And I'm not talking about a one-time experience. I'm talking about a God who created you to be in relationship with him. And he wants to work through us to accomplish some significant things to bring heaven to earth through us. If you have your Bibles, and I would really, really, really encourage you guys to bring your Bibles to church with you. If you don't have one, can you please do me a favor and take a Connect card and fill it out and turn into the Info Hub and say, I would like a Bible. There's somebody who feels so passionate about this. They said, I am willing to donate a Bible to anybody who needs one. And please don't just say, I want a free Bible. If you need a Bible to say, I'm going to be in it. We want to get that to you. If you turn to James chapter 4, James chapter 4, we're going to go through a passage of Scripture that really begins to unfold God's heart for us to have a close relationship with us, to experience His presence. But there are definitely some things that get in the way of us experiencing it. Because I, I know many of you are thinking, well, well, it's great to talk about it, but I, I haven't experienced God in that way where I just kind of have felt him, where I've just kind of known that he's there. And the scripture talks about that conflict. It talks about this, this, this reason why we might not be experiencing him. 
And I think it's so important that we understand that because today I want us to to begin to remove those things that become obstacles for us to experience his presence and his fullness. Because the reality is, is God wants to birth something through us, but it can't happen until we deal with some of these things that this scripture deals with. So let's read together. James chapter 4, verse 1. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? Now, let's stop there just for a moment. Basically, he's saying, what is it that causes these, these difficulties in your life? He's calling quarrels and fights, and really he's talking about these distractions relationally. And he says, well, it's because these things that are inside of you war against you. And how many have been there where you felt like, oh, man, why is, why, why is this turning inside of me? Why, why are these things warring inside of me? And he's saying, it's because we have the wrong desires. It says, you desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Very clearly, he's saying this is why you wrestle on the inside. It's because your focus is in the wrong place. Most of you are probably not murderers in the room. But We've had hate in our hearts. He calls us adulterous people later in this scripture. And why? It's because an adulterer is unfaithful. He's basically saying, hey, do you remember me? I should be your first love. But yet you spend so much time on the wrong focus that you quarrel on the inside and you quarrel on the outside. And he's saying, I want to bless you and I want to give you so many great things, but yet you ask for the wrong things. And as a result, you get the wrong things. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God or opposition to God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Now, some people would just say, well, okay, maybe I've heard this scripture before, and maybe this is what I need to do, is I need to separate myself. I shouldn't watch any movies. I can't listen to any secular, any music. I I, I just got to separate myself from the activities of the world. In actuality, if God's brought that on your conviction, you need to respond to that. But that's not what he's talking about. It's not the external things. He's saying your focus is so worldly. Your focus is on the wrong things. Your focus is your bank accounts. Your focus is your vacations. Your focus is, which by the way, none of those are wrong. But he's saying if we are so consumed with all of these things, we're going to actually miss the best thing, which is, God's presence. He wants to be with us. We were created to be with him. And yet we get so worked up and we get so in turmoil inside, but also externally we just like quarrel and and just have this mm, 
disunity. And the reality is none of us are trying to be bad people. None of us are trying to do the wrong thing. But what the scripture is doing, it's shining light on saying, but this is where I need you to focus. This is where I want you to be. Verse 5, or do you suppose it is to... Verse 5, or do you suppose it is... To no purpose that the scripture says, he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. He yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. Pause there for a moment. God yearns jealously for the spirit, his Holy Spirit, that he wants to dwell in us. Just think about that for a moment. His presence wants to be in us, with us. And he yearns jealously. In other words, he's saying, that's why he's saying adulterous people. He's saying, do you not realize that when your focus is on all these things of the world, he goes, you miss out on my presence, that I want to be in your life that I want you to be in relationship with me. But he gives more grace, therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I want to encourage you, you can come to God as you are. I think sometimes people say, was great, Pastor Mark, but I, I, you don't know my life. It's great that you say that God wants to be with me, but you don't know the kind of things that are in my life. God does know. And he does say, by the way, come as you are. He doesn't say, get your stuff in order first, then come. He says, no, come as you are so I can love you and so you can experience my love. And that love is going to compel you to want to change. See, he gives more grace. In other words, you come to him with all this quarreling, you with all this junk on the inside, and he says, I will give you grace and more grace. Come as you are, but this is how we have to do it. Submit ourselves to him. Basically saying, God, you're God and I'm not. I've tried to do my life on my own and this is where it's gotten me. God, I am choosing to do it your way, not my way. This is where it comes in here, verse eight. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. This is God's promise to us that when we draw near to him, he draws near to us, his presence. This is why this morning, I feel it's so, on my word, leading up to this morning, I have been praying in my prayer language like you would not believe. It just comes. I just don't even know what it is. I'm just vibrating on the inside, and it's just like, it's like, God, what are you doing? And he says, getting ready to pour out my spirit so people can know that I am their God that loves them, that has a plan for them, that wants to birth something through them. 
And he says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. And some of you need to hear this. You've said too long that I can't come near to God because I got so much junk in my life. And he's saying, no, 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 come close. It's okay. See, that's what Jesus has done for us. Jesus has already paid the price. That's why we can come close to God. And he wants us to come close. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter turn to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Why is he saying that we got to get all gloomy? (laughs) Why is he saying that we just kind of like need to mourn? Uh, That's not a very uplifting thought. He says, when you humble yourself and you come into God's presence and God begins to show us the things in our life, it will grieve you. It will sadden your hearts because you know it takes you away from God. It's not to condemn you. If you ever feel any condemnation, by the way, it is not from the Lord. The scripture tells us very clearly that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're feeling condemned, it's probably the enemy who's trying to sneak into your mind and make you feel somebody something that you're not. Because there's no condemnation. But he will say this as we draw near to him. I remember I was 22 years old and I experienced God's presence in my living room. And, and that night I began running through all the junk of my past. And I was weeping because I realized how much I grieved the Lord in my actions. I remember him just going through all this junk. It's like, but as I confessed and as I was weeping and all of a sudden God's spirit just came even fuller and fuller to the place where it's like I'm free because I'm not carrying that junk anymore you see that's why he wants us to mourn not because we're bad people not because he wants us to be gloomy but because we realize that our sin in our life has hurt us has hurt us And he's saying, draw near to me so I can be with you and so I can set you free. And this is, I love this last verse. And then we're going to go back into talking about how God's presence has changed people in the past and what he wants to do for each one of you here today. But it says when we, verse 10, when we humble ourselves before the Lord, he will exalt you. He will lift you up. He will raise you high. He will exalt you. You see, it's like when we humble ourselves, come low before the Lord and we repent and we we come to this place of sadness of our sin and then all of a sudden we're in this low place and all of a sudden, hey, come on up. I'm exalting you. I'm lifting you high. And it's why though. Why is he lifting us high? Is because he's gonna birth something through our lives. You see, God cannot use us until, well, let me back up. He's always using us. God can use anything. He can use the most broken things. But what he wants to do is bring us to the place where we're so in tune to his spirit that his spirit flows through us that changes everything. 
that changes our families, that changes our schools, that changes our workplace, because the Spirit of God wants to use us to do something significant. If you look through the scriptures, anytime somebody encounters God, something significantly changes in their life. Many times we see this change through the change of a name. If you remember, Abram, his name's, his name's changed to Abraham. Abram actually means high father, and then Abraham actually means father of nations. Interesting, it takes a singular person, high father, and then it becomes father of nations. You see, God birthed something through him that made his life way more effective because he came into God's presence. Sarai, his wife, princess is what that means. Sarah now means my princess. Do you understand the level of intimacy now that when God's presence showed up in Sarai's life and her name changed and she bore this promised son, Isaac. It means my princess. In other words, I have this sweet relationship with you, Sarah. God's presence changes us. Jacob, whose name means deceiver, his name was changed to Israel. We'll spend a few moments going through that this morning. Israel actually means God wins. May God prevail. You see, Jacob, when he wrestled with the spirit of God, there was something that not only changed in his physical being, but there's something that changed the course of his life because he had an encounter with God. God birthed something through his life. Saul. Saul, who is a killer of Christians, had to get knocked off his high horse, <laughs> literally, and became Paul, who birthed the majority of the New Testament. A killer of Christians experiences God's presence, and then God births something through him so significant that for Generations to follow, we have the word of God that the New Testament, so many of those books were penned through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Paul, imagine what God wants to do through you. Imagine what God can do through me and you. And all it takes is us being willing to humble ourselves and come before him and say, God, do your work in my life. I want all of you. And we come face to face with his presence and he changes us. Why? So he can birth something through us. Let's look at Jacob's life. Genesis Chapter 28. Let me give you a little bit of history here. So Jacob is the son of Isaac. Isaac's the promised son that was born to Sarah, Abraham and Sarah. Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau, 
Jacob, who's the deceiver, tricks his dad, puts goat hair on his arms, pretend he's Esau to get the blessing. He does get the prayer of blessing over his life, but yet he's still got junk in his life. He's still the deceiver. He's, he's never been a man of great integrity. He's coming upon um, meeting Esau after all of these years, and Jacob's feeling like his life is in danger, and so he's like, okay, how do I bless Esau? And so he, he puts out all these donkey and animals and, and all this ahead of him, so he's trying to win over his brother's heart a little bit. But let's read something. Jacob has this dream around this time. I'm going to start in verse 10, 28 verse 10. Jacob left Beersheba and where he went forth, went toward Haran. And he became, and he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it underneath his head and lay down on that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there's a ladder set up on the earth, and on the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you will lie, I will give you and your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and it will, and in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised in you. He has an encounter with God in a dream, and, and God begins to speak something to him. Many of you have been spoken dreams to you, over, over you. You've, you've been placed a dream inside of you, and you always wonder, how is this going to ever get birthed? Maybe you're a little bit older in life. It's like, well, I never actually did what I thought I would do in life. These things that were placed inside of you and the dream sometimes is there. It's locked in there. But it doesn't come out until you have an encounter with the living God. Later in verse 35, God blesses and renames Jacob. It's through that wrestling time that he begins to understand, not only understand, but begins to live out this calling that God had for his life. Chapter 35, verse 9, God appeared to Jacob again, and when he came from Padharam, and blessed him, and God said to him, Your name is Jacob no longer. No longer shall your name be called Jacob, but Israel 
shall be your name. So he called his name Israel, and God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall come from you, your own body. You see, it was in that wrestling match with the angel of God, who some would say it's Jesus himself, that he begins to experience the the calling that he has in his life. He begins to experience the very thing that God wants for him. The dream begins to come to fruition when he encounters God. Today, what dreams are inside of you that need to come forward, that need to be released? What dreams are locked inside you that are just waiting to be activated You see, the interesting thing is not only will we experience the change in our lives when we experience God's presence, but we'll experience his love. You see, this is not just about a message about these great things that God wants to birth through us, which by the way, there are great things inside of each single one of you that God wants to birth through you. Do you believe it? But if we are only looking for the experience and and missing his love, we've missed the point. See, it's his great love that compels us to humble ourselves, to come before him and say, God, it's about you. Not my will, but your will be done. Where's Kevin? I'm looking, not best Kevin, but... Kevin, oh, there you are. You want to come up, Kev, please? God's presence changes everything. But when we go back to James and realize what he's asking us to do to experience his presence, he says, you got to stop the quarreling on the inside you got to stop the striving. You see, his presence, when we fully understand that his presence truly is our provision, in other words, it's his presence that will totally satisfy. It's his presence that will totally make everything make sense. When we stop our striving for the wrong things and humble ourselves, and repent of the junk that's in our life. We can experience God's presence. And when we experience God's presence, he births something in us that he wants to come forward. He wants to come forth. That's why we call this series Awakening, because I believe that God has already placed seeds of hopes and dreams inside of each one of you. But it needs to be unlocked. And the unlocking happens, what we read in James, by humbling ourselves before the Lord. It's the first place that we need to start, it's coming before the Lord with humility saying 
I give up. I'm no longer going to do this my way. I'm going to do it your way. And you're going to draw near to God and he draws near to you. This week, as we start our life groups, each one of you will have a book like this and you go through session one. You go through some questions together. Not only will you find some scriptures that we didn't hit today to go deeper, but you'll begin to say, what does it mean to come close to God? How do we experience his presence? See, I'm not going to share you all the hows today, but in your life groups, you will spend time talking about this. You'll spend time praying for one another. You'll spend time experiencing God's presence. It's also a daily devotional in here that each day you'll be able to read a scripture about God's presence that's going to encourage you. But for me, it is good to be near to God. I've made the Lord God my refuge that I might may tell of all your works. You see, it's good for us to draw near to God. Psalm 73, 28. Today, we're going to have an opportunity to make sure that everybody is in a group. In our gym, there are tables set up where you can sign up. Our group leaders will get as many books as they need to to make sure that you'll have a book, a copy of your own to go through this study together. But I, I don't want to leave here today without giving you this opportunity. So by the way, so everybody knows you're going to leave to go to the gym after service, right? That's want to make sure that's clear. If you're not in a group yet, you, this is where you want to go. But I am going to segue to the important part right now. Did everybody nod at me? Yes, we're going to go to that. Okay, just, just, just making sure I'm clear. Clear as mud. God's presence changes everything. It will change the way you look at things. It will change the way you live. It will change your desires. But first, would you humble yourself before the Lord? If you are here today and you're saying this message speaks to me that I need to come before the Lord and humble myself before him, would you do me a favor? If God's put this on your heart to respond to him, would you just stand to your feet to say, I, I just, I need to humble myself before the Lord. This has been speaking to me and I want to humble myself before the Lord. I want to say, I don't want to do this my way. I want to do this your way. The word says, draw near to me. The Lord says, and I will draw near to you. By standing up is an act of saying, I want to draw near to you, God. 
Father, I just pray right now that this is the beginning of an unleashing of dreams that are going to change our homes, that are going to change our workplaces, our schools. It's going to change our hearts. It's going to change our mind. It's going to change our passions. It's going to change our church because we said yes to you, Lord, to say, you know what? No longer are we doing it our way. We're going to do it your way. Father, for anyone here that need to repent of the quarrels that we have amongst each other, the wrong passions, the wrong desires, the wrong focus, Father, we just, you hear our hearts. We say sorry. We repent. We ask for your forgiveness. There's a few of you who just said, we ask for your forgiveness. There's a flood of emotion that's coming on you right now. That's God's love just saying, you know, it's okay. You've been forgiven. You've been holding on way too long. Let it go. Let it go. You are forgiven. There are others who need to experience his deep love. The love of a father, a good father. He wants you to experience that right now in the name of Jesus. Receive his love for you. There are others who are saying, I can't give it up. I've carried it too long. I can't do it. In the name of Jesus, release it. done. It's finished. Don't pick it back up. Don't pick it back up. It's done. It's finished. Jesus wants to exalt you this morning. Jesus wants to lift you high this morning. Some of you are feeling down and burdened and a heavy heart. And Jesus is saying, I want to lift you up and exalt you this morning. Be exalted in his presence. Father, we realize that when people experienced you, it wasn't just for them. Yes, they received the blessing for sure. As Jacob was blessed, Father, by wrestling with you, God, it was really about what you were birthing through him that you wanted to do for other people. Father, let us not hold on to your presence for ourselves, but let us be outward and saying, God, what do you want to do through me? And it starts right now. Thank you, Father, for this morning, for your deep love for us, for your grace that allows us 
to no longer be steeped in our junk. You gave us grace and greater amounts of grace so we can draw near to you and experience your presence. Father, I just pray that people would walk in courage next week as we go through the topic of the Holy Spirit empowers us. Father, that's how it's released. That's how the dream is released, Father, is the Holy Spirit who wants to work through us to release those things, Father, into existence. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 